Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends. Although I don't have any amazing friends this week, but that is quite alright. I actually prefer doing this one solo. Um, no reason, I just... I like to get the guests for the bigger movies. And no offense to Brightburn, but it is not what I would call a bigger movie. Anyway, we are on episode 164, the first episode post-Hollywood strike. All the actors and writers and everybody on strike, so not great. It sucks because I had it perfectly planned to where, yeah, give or take a week or two, but mostly planned to where our final episode would be... Deadpool 3, the same release date, same weekend, and I feel like that's a good final episode, right? I mean, I haven't really thought about continuing it beyond once I run out of material. I don't know. Maybe I will. Um, We'll see. I haven't really given it much thought. But Deadpool 3, given all the cameos that are rumored, I think that would be a fun final episode, right? And now it's on delay. Everything's on delay, and I, uh, I hope they can resolve it quick, although they probably won't. But, uh, yeah, this is, it's the one time, I will say, when I actually do want to hear from Hollywood about what they think about things. Like, normally it's like, um, what was it, Joaquin Phoenix's big weird anti-milk speech at the Oscars. It's like, okay, good luck with that. But now it's like, yeah, this, uh, you know, look, most of the act, well, a lot of the actors that we've heard of, they don't need to make another movie the rest of their life. They can live comfortably. But it's a lot of it is, um, you know, small actors who have one role, or, sorry, one line in a whole episode of a TV show. So those are the people. And a lot of them have uh, two jobs, but they just act just because they, they want to make it. But, yeah, those are the ones that are suffering, I, I would say, from this. Uh, and I don't know what the whole issue is. I think it's... I mean, it's probably money-related. It's always money, but, like, AI taking over, which my thing on that is Hollywood has ex- made movies for over 100 years without the use of AI. Why do we need it now? <laughs> so that's kind of my thing. So, yeah, hopefully they, they work it out. Um, but, yeah, in this case, I I stand with the Hollywood actors, even Ron Perlman, who got uh, maybe a little too intense with his... Uh, his message about wanting to burn someone's house down. But I would agree that uh, if that was said by some high-level executive about, like, well, we just got to wait till the writers start losing their houses, yes, that is a pretty terrible thing to say. You would be quite the villain, much like today's movie, Brightburn. Caleb's not the only one who can do great segues. So yes, today, our first ever, first that I can recall, I don't think there's been another one, a movie that is a villain origin story. There is no hero in this movie. No no hero. It's a straight up villain. So, something different, something different, and this came out, uh, when did this come out? This came out in 2019. The exact date is uh, May 24th. History with the movie. 
This will be the penultimate movie I saw with my friends from the casino. I'll get to the last one when it comes around, but uh, yeah, I remember first hearing about it at the casino, actually. I thought, that sounds like a cool concept, and I went and saw it with them, and yeah. The, uh, written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, and produced by James Gunn, so the old gun club here, making a, a movie, the Gun Brothers, and, you know, this is, you know, kind of right up what they like to do, I suppose. I know there's been talk of a sequel. I'm gonna go ahead and guess James Gunn won't be involved because he's in charge of DC now. But, you know, it's, uh... You know, perhaps his brothers could, uh... Could, could you know, keep doing the, uh, the saga. But, I don't know. The only... There's only been rumors, we'll say. And, of course, nothing's coming out for a while. So, you know, who knows? But, uh, yeah, there's rumors, and that's all. But it certainly leads itself to open to a sequel. I'll say that. Uh, Champions, uh, pretty sure, yeah, same as last week. So... WWE, Kofi, Universal, Seth, NXT, Johnny, Raw Women, Becky, Raw, uh, SmackDown Women, Becky, NXT Women, Shayna, and IWGP, Okada. Same deal. Number one song, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. That was a thing that happened. And, um, oh, what was I up to at this time? <laughs> well, speaking of champions in wrestling... It was a uh, it was a bachelor party, is what I was up to around this time. It was a friend's bachelor party, and I honestly don't remember what we did. That's not to say that we, you know, went crazy. I'm sure we just went out to a restaurant and a bar or something, but when we went back to the bachelor's house, we looked at the time and we're like, well, hey... Who wants to order... I don't even remember what the pay-per-view was. AEW something... Anyway, um, we ordered it, and then we started watching it, and then we saw uh, John Moxley's debut. And so that was cool. Now, you might be saying to yourself, you watched a wrestling pay-per-view at a bachelor party. That sounds super lame. Well, first off, it wasn't my bachelor party. Second off, it was his second wedding, if that helps. So... You know, <laughs> he'd uh, he'd already done the first bachelor party uh, when he was in the Navy, when he was stationed in Hawaii, I guess with his you know shipmen friends. So that was probably a better bachelor party. I'm just guessing, but uh, yeah, they're still together, so uh, that's great. And you know, we uh, I I don't remember what the was it all out or no. Maybe, um, yeah, who cares? You can look it up, but it was, yeah, it was the John Moxley debut. So that I remember. But uh, that's what I was up to at this time. And let's get to the facts and figures. So, oh, before I do that, I have a correction. Not a correction, something I just discovered. I don't know how I came across this. Um, 
previously on the list, we had one, two, three, four, five, six movies with an unknown budget or box office. So I just, and they are uh, Swamp Thing, 83, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, The Giver, Crow Salvation, and Citizen Toxie. Punisher 1989 was on that list. It is no longer anymore. I don't remember how I came across this, but uh, I saw it, and I saw the box office, and I saw the budget, and I was like, all right, I guess it should go on the list. Now, keep in mind, this movie was only released, I believe, in Australia, but uh, it is, for those counting at home, and I know all of you are, it's 142 on the list. It made negative... $8.5 $8.5 million, which is $20.5 million today. So it is below Barbed Wire, an atrocious movie. But it is above Captain America 1990. And I know if Caleb were here, he'd want a... Um, what was it? Uh, Heil Hitler, gunshot, whatever that stupid scene was. <laughs> oh, man. Captain America 1990. Ugh. If I ever revisited an episode, like went back and did a review again, I think that might be one I would pick. We'll see. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I added Punisher 1989 to the list. So I And then since I was on a roll, I was like, well, let me see if uh, these other movies came up. No, nothing. Couldn't find them. So that's unfortunate. Oh, and uh, other news. Other news. Since I have some free time this summer, since I took this semester off from school, well, because uh, there were no classes offered, I I will be teaming with uh, one Josh Davis, and we will be doing an old TBS throwback, Movies for Guys Who Like Movies. So we're going to be doing at least, I'd say two or three episodes, maybe four. We'll see. Play it by ear. We got some in the works. Just some bonus episodes. The, if you don't care about those, that's okay. You don't have to download them. But these will, will go accordingly with the superhero movies as planned. But uh, yes, we'll be doing movies for guys who like movies. And that'll drop uh, probably in, in keeping with the spirit of TBS from 1999 till 2002, I think it ended. Probably drop it Sunday night, you know. I don't know. I, I've it, we we got we got three good contenders. I would say, but uh, yeah, some more bonus episodes. That's always fun. Um, now back to the facts and figures of *Brightburn*. A budget, a mere six million dollars. So box office thirty-two point nine million. So that puts it at one hundred and thirteen on the list. But you know, hey, it it made some money. Twenty-six point nine million. That's thirty-two million in today money. Puts it below the crow and above Judge Dredd. <laughs> Old Judge Dredd. So, yeah, that is uh, Brightburn. And, um, oh, the Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 57%. Fans, 67%. So, not too far off. Not too far off. Anyway. Uh, before I jump into the cast, follow us on Twitter at EC underscore hero and, fa- uh, not Facebook, not on Facebook, Instagram at EC hero cast or myself on Twitter at, e- at EC 85. Yeah. 
No threads. Although I did, I came up with a really great idea. And if Mark Zuckerberg were to implement this in Facebook, I would join threads just as an appreciation for, for that. And my idea was, if you drop a comment on something, it could be a news article, a photo, whatever, and someone replies to you, I was being generous when I said this, 48 hours or more from that time, it probably should be 24, but I went with 48. Don't let them, because it's like the moment's gone. I've, I've stopped caring, and that happened... Uh, it was like Mon Sunday or Monday. I, I left a comment on something college football related, and then like Wednesday night, it was yeah, it was like it was Monday afternoon. I left a comment, and then Wednesday night, some guy responds to it. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't care. Like, the moment's over, buddy. Like, I, I you know, message me twenty four, forty eight hours ago. You know, that's come on. And it was a stupid comment. It was a, uh, borderline racist because uh, I have my profile photo with my girlfriend, and he's like, "Oh, mail order bride." I'm like, okay, buddy. Yes, because every every person who lives every, every person who lives in America that wasn't born in America got here because of the mail order bride system. Good call. Stupid. Um, anyway, jumping into the cast. There's really only three people to talk about, although shout out to uh, Matt Jones, a.k.a. Badger from uh, Breaking Bad as Noah McNichol. Um, and then we got... Uh, da -da -da -da, let's see. Let's go with um, David Denman as Kyle Bre Breyer. The old Roy, Roy Anderson from The Office. So, um, he seems to play a concerned dad really well as he, um, is reunited with, uh, Rita Repulsa. So, he's the concerned dad in Power Rangers and here, although he doesn't try to murder his son in Power Rangers, but his son also is not a murderer. But yeah, he does he does a nice job. I buy him as like this big burly farmer hunter guy. He fits that role. I'm surprised he doesn't do I, I'm not saying he should be like a big mega star, but like I feel like his look he should kind of be on par with with Jim, you know, John Krasinski, right? So, I don't know. I know there's like more office conspiracies like well Jim was actually the villain in the show and Roy was just a dude who wanted to ride jet skis and it's like there's no hero and villain in office it's just people at a workplace with personality stop trying to make everything whatever anyway Elizabeth Banks as Tori Breyer she uh I liked the parents a lot actually because you know especially her she didn't want to give up on her son which, you know, what mother would. Whereas, you know, Kyle is more quick to do so, but Kyle sees through all of this, whereas she doesn't want to believe it. And they did a really good job with that. The parents' acting, to me, is the best, um, you know, part of the movie. And finally, we get to Jackson Dunn as Brandon Breyer, or Brightburn. And we get a, uh, one of the rare... I should call this the, um, I should call this something, where you're in a, where you were in the movie last week, and then you're in the movie this week, 
I don't know what to call it though, but we had that with um you know, we had that with Thanos and Cable with Josh Brolin. We'll just call it the Josh Brolin. So we had our actor, uh, Jackson Dunn, pulled a Josh Brolin this week where he pl- was in Avengers Endgame. He played 12-year-old Scott Lang when he warped through the the time machine deal and came out as a 12-year-old boy. That was Brightburn. How about that? And now he's the villain this week. So some crazy alternate dimension really uh, messed that kid up. Although, let's be honest, the Avengers would wipe the floor with Brightburn. (laughs) I mean, so would Superman. So would most uh, heroes that we've dealt with. But, yeah, he did did pretty good. He's... He really patterned his uh, character off of, like, a school shooter, so... That was uh, something, but I feel like that was heavily influenced by the writing, which we will get to. So, let's uh, dive into it, shall we? We open at a farmhouse in Brightburn, Kansas, where Tori and Kyle are trying to conceive. And they're kind of awkward about it, which it's like, if Elizabeth Banks is your wife, I mean, is it really going to be a like a, a tricky to... Anyway, um... <laughs> But they hear, like, a crash outside, and we cut to, basically, okay, we cut to, like, a montage. We, we, you go, the movie assumes you know the story if you're going to see it, and it's, you know, they adopt Brandon, much like Martha and Jonathan Kent adopted Clark, he's young, and then we flash forward through the years, now he's 11 years old, and almost 12, because we get to his birthday in a couple scenes, but... See, Brandon is like a nerd, but he's also smart. He gets made fun of by some students in class. But keep in mind, that's the only time we see him bullied, okay? Where it's not justified, mind you. Uh, Just keep that in mind. And during the night, he goes sleepwalking and starts tugging at the door where his ship crashed because they kind of hide it, you know? They don't want the government to find out, I guess. But they, they put it in... And he doesn't know that he is a alien. He thinks he's adopted. So... But right off the bat in the movie, like the first ten minutes of the movie, something's already up with Brandon. And that is going to go into one of my bigger issues with the movie. The next day, Brandon starts showing his first sign of power. He has super strength. He tosses the lawnmower over the yard. And he, push, he, he puts his hand in the mower blade and it doesn't cut him. Later on at his birthday party, so he's now 12, uh, Brandon's uncle, Noah Badger, uh, he gets him a rifle, and their parents object to it, and then Brandon talks back, and his dad's like, all right, this party's over. So, and then uh, they're planning a camping trip, but before this trip happens, his parents find photos of, like, a Victoria's Secret ad underneath his bed, and it's like, oh, you know, haha, that's funny. Our kids thinking about girls, and they're flipping through it. And then there's like biology photos of like the inside of a human body. And Tori's like, is this like a guy fetish? And he's like, no. <laughs> so, a little creepy. So, again, right off the bat, he's already showing signs. Like, the movie just has barely gotten going, and he's already doing the heel turn. So, Kyle has this talk with Brandon on a hunting trip. He's like, well, you know, you're about that age. You'll be thinking about girls. It is weird that he took him on a hunting trip when, like, the very previous scene, he's like, no, you cannot own a gun. <laughs> it's like, okay, 
you're clearly a gun owner yourself, but whatever. It's not my kid. So Brandon then takes his father's advice, I guess. He goes to this girl's house. This was a girl, like, when he was being all smart in school and all the kids made fun of him, this girl, like, uh, was kind of nice to him. So he goes to her house, and he just is super creepy. Like, he stares at her in the window and behind the curtains, and then she freaks out. And he, like, opens up her laptop a couple times, and it's like, dude... I can't even say you don't have game. Like you have negative game. Like you have stalker vibe game. Like I don't I don't know I don't even know what a word for this is. Like this is the opposite of game. This is creeper vibes and that's certainly not what you want. So uh, then he starts uh, exhibiting weird behaviors. He's drawing his costume. He's freaking out the chickens and then he later kills the chickens in the barn. And next day at school, they're in gym class they're doing like this weird trust fall test which it's like, is that what kids do in gym class? Where's dodgeball? Like, what are you doing? Uh, but one of the girls doesn't catch Brandon because she's like, ew you're a pervert! And it's like, and then all the kids laugh at him so he breaks her hand but it's like, because he fell and they laughed at him and she's like, I'm not touching you, you perv! And it's like okay Kids are laughing at you, and that's damaging to a child. We all know that, but it's like, this one's justified. Because, Brandon, you are a perv. You stood in her room and watched her and closed her laptop and opened a laptop or whatever. And it's like, you, you had that coming. but And then you broke her hand, which is like, come on. You're already doing the, uh, you, you know, you, you, you he's, he's already past the killing the animals phase. Now he's hurting humans, so... Um, so his parents have a talk, and then the dad notices. He's like, you know what? He's never even bled his whole life. And I've, like, doesn't the dad wonder, like, hey, and you know what? And my mower was clear across the yard, and the blade was all ripped up. <laughs> no, no comment about the mower? Anyway, later that night, Brandon is back at the gate where his ship is stored, and he's floating over it and talking in this weird language. And his mom sees, and she freaks out, and she kind of tackles him. But he falls down and hits the ship, and it cuts him. And he bleeds for the first time in his whole life, I guess. And his mom tells him, like, hey, you know what? You weren't adopted. You, we found you in this ship. And Brandon flips out, and he, tra- he, he flips out. He breaks a bunch of plates and stuff. Then he goes outside and he's like translating what he was jib- babbling on about earlier. And he's like, oh, take the world. So that's what he was saying, I guess. So Brandon then visits the girl whose hand he broke. But we don't see what happened to her. I don't know why. I guess he killed her? I don't know. But then he goes to the restaurant where her mom works. And we get a very gross scene where he shatters some glass in her face and she gets this, she pulls this sliver of glass from her eye and ugh, any, any eye thing is just gross. You know, glass in your eye, paper cut eye, just all of that is just ugh, nasty. I don't like that. So Brandon shows up, his new mask kills her. Next day, Brandon is meeting with the school counselor slash aunt. 
and he has shown no remorse to what he did to the girl. He believes that he's superior to everyone, and she's like, well, you know, I gotta tell this to the sheriff, and I'm gonna be honest, and this doesn't... He's not gonna like this. That night, Brandon shows up at his aunt's house to tell her, you know, talking to the sheriff tomorrow wouldn't be good for anybody, and she's like, this is not appropriate. Go home, Brandon. And then Noah arrives home from the bar, but... The wife doesn't see him arrive home, I guess. Or wait. Hold on. I'm trying to remember. I think Noah and this counselor, husband and wife. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Noah's about to die. So uh, Noah's upstairs. He changes. And um, it's possible I missed something. I left the room for just a half moment. But Noah's upstairs. He, he changes. And he sees Brandon in his closet. And he's like, he flips out. He's like, you're not going to tell my parents, are you? He's like, you're lucky if that's all I do. And which it's like, look, I know it's your nephew, but it's like, if you're not expecting your nephew to be there and he's just hanging out in your closet wearing a mask at, you know, 10 at night, that's a little weird. So uh, Noah, I would say justified in his anger. So... He flips out, Brandon tosses him into a garage, Noah drives off, and then Brandon crashes his car, kills him, and um, Brandon comes home, and his parents were worried about him, worried where he was, and he's carrying, he, he's not wearing a shirt, by the way, because we'll see why in a second. So later on, Kyle and Tori get the call that Noah died. Next day, they tell Brandon, and he's very indifferent to this. Kyle then lashes out, because he's like, he, he knows Brandon's lying, so Brandon pushes him through a door. They send Brandon to his room. And then Brandon goes to take a shower. Kyle finds the shirt and sees it was covered in blood. And he knows that it was Noah's blood. How he knows that? Eh, just, he just knows. So uh, uh, he's like, you know what? Let's just take uh, Brandon on a hunting trip. So he's going to patch everything up. So they go out to the woods. Meanwhile, the sheriff comes by to ask Tori about this weird BB symbol. So Tori's like, I don't know anything about that. He's like, doesn't stand for Brandon Byer. She's like, I don't know. So then she immediately runs upstairs, goes into Brandon's room, grabs this notebook. It's got the BB logo all over it. and um, There's drawings inside with all the bad stuff that he's done. and You know, typical. Um... Uh, and such. So, um, the uh, we cut to the woods, and Kyle shoots Brandon in the head. He's decided my son is a, is a killer, and he's got to go. But uh, the bullet doesn't do any damage. So Brandon uses his heat vision into Kyle's head and kills him. Tori then calls Kyle. Brandon answers, asks where's Kyle, and he says he's gone. So Tori calls nine one one. Brandon trashes the house. The sheriff shows up. Two sheriffs, actually. Brandon kills both of them. And uh, so Tori runs to the barn. Of course, we all know. She rips off a piece of the uh, the ship. Gets like a little metal shard. And while she's down there, the lady from the restaurant is just pinned to the wall with her stomach ripped open. That was weird. And uh, so Brandon shows up in the barn. Tori tells Brandon how she never really stopped loving him and that there's really good deep down there, but she goes to stab him. He stops her. 
And then he grabs her, flies straight up into the clouds, and then he drops her. And I was reading the rumors of the sequel, and some people were like, whoa, maybe Tori's still alive. Well, I mean, I know the old thing with movies, never assume someone's dead if you don't see them die, but he dropped her from tens of thousands of feet in the air, so I don't know how many people actually live for that. Although, maybe he could have saved her, we didn't see that. I don't know, but that would be a really weird and not great twist. Or maybe it would be. I don't know. There's probably not going to be a sequel, let's be honest. Anyway, there's a plane that flies by, and Brandon crashes the plane to kind of cover up everything that he did. So, I guess, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't the 911 call still be on record? And wouldn't the fact that it's like, what were two sheriffs doing here? <laughs> eh, not the. Don't think about it too much. So... The plane crashes in the farmhouse and roll credits, but mid-credit scene, I guess? Or like, ten seconds into the credits, we see news footage of uh, Brandon, who's now just being called Brightburn, destroying buildings. We get a cameo from Michael Rorker, of all people. He's like this Alex Jones type. I guess he liked working with James Gunn. And... He's like, oh, you know, don't believe the media's BS. This is a conspiracy. And he says, they're out there. And he's like, there's the sea creature, and he's out there. And then there's a witch, and she's out there. And then, in a post credit scene similar to Split, I guess, <laughs> he throws up some photos. He's like, they're all out there. And one of the photos that he throws up is a picture of the Crimson Bolt from Super. So I guess Super and Brightburn exist in the same universe. And how Brightburn is going to fight Crimson Bolt... I mean, I guess I should reverse that. How Crimson Bolt is going to fight Brightburn with his wrench? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess if... Uh, if, you know, as Tori was falling, if maybe she had like a pad and pen on her, which, why would you? But maybe she did. I guess as she was falling, she could have wrote down, like, Brandon is a supervillain. His ship is in the barn. It's his only weakness. And put it in her pocket and hope that somebody finds that. I don't know. That's That'd be what I would do if I was falling to my death. <laughs> uh, so that was Brightburn. It was alright. It was alright. Um, you know, it's... It's uh, it's a cool concept. Execution, not as great. I would, uh, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for an evil Superman or whatever, or a different version, I recommend Superman Red Sun on Max. But, uh, yeah. This was, um, I don't know. Ooh, Superman Red Sun. That came out on a streaming service. I'm going to have to double check. That might get added to the list. We'll see. Especially since we are, um, you know, going to be short on material thanks to greedy Hollywood executives. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. But anyway, uh, yeah, Brightburn, um, I mean, this is our first villain origin movie. And as someone who has always been fascinated by the villains... I feel like 
the thing that makes a villain so great is you have to be able to sympathize with their cause. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's okay to have a Joker where it's like he just likes cause and chaos. But I think most of the time your villain needs to be able to be understood. So going back to last week with Thanos, you know, the most famous villain in our podcast, I'm sure. It's like, what was his motivation? Like, he killed billions of people. But why? It's like, well, is world hunger not a problem? Well, yeah, it is. What about homelessness? Yeah, that's a problem, too. What about pollution? Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Okay, well, would eliminating half the people on the Earth get rid of those problems? And it's like, well, yeah, it it would, but this sounds like a cure is worse than the disease type of thing. I mean, I... I feel like there's got to be much, much better ways to solve these problems than to commit mass genocide. But at least I can say, but I understand what Thanos is saying. I mean, it's insane, and it sounds way worse than the actual problems you're trying to fix. But I at least understand it. With Brightburn, I didn't even get that. I didn't get the... I mean, like I said, he's trying to be like this weird school shooter vibes... But there's only one scene in the movie where he's actually teased and made fun of for being smart. Every other time, it's like, man, this kid's this kid's kind of a little shit. Like, I hope someone does kill him. Like, he's a jerk. And, like, the scene where he falls down everybody laughs at him. I didn't feel bad because, like, that girl saw him in her bedroom. It's like, he is a pervert. <laughs> like, she should have been freaked out. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's uh, it's a strange movie. Uh, I don't know if you're like a, even a horror movie fan if you would enjoy this. I guess it's different. But it's a quick watch. So it's not bad. The, the problem is there's just... There's no motivation for this, for this heel turn. Other than he just hears his ship talk to him. But it's like, we don't know anything about his people, where he's from, what the deal is. I don't know. I guess it's just they sent him to Earth to destroy it, I guess. So, I don't know. I guess it, you know, maybe if when he was getting the vision in his head, if we could cut to, like, a scene from outer space when, you know, they're loading him into the ship or something. I don't know. Maybe that would have helped. And it's like he could be, like, a sleeper agent, and it's like, okay, when he turns 12 years old, we'll activate him, and then he'll conquer this planet. At least show me something that would make sense. Otherwise, it's like, oh, he was made fun of at school, and he was weird, and that's why he turned evil. But it's like, you didn't really show me that. You implied it a tiny bit, but that was it. So, you know. It, it, and look, I, I had the Blu-ray. I looked for deleted scenes. There weren't any. So, unfortunately... um, it's not going to get the greatest rating from me. Uh, the acting, especially with the, 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 the parents, was really good. Um, the concept is cool. Execution, not so hot. I will give this a 5 out of 10 for Brightburn. Next week, we'll be back with a guest. Fire up... Oh, man, what is this on? Is it on uh, Disney Plus? I can't even remember. Let's see. It is X-Men Dark Phoenix. I can tell you that much. And I can also tell you that you can find it on Disney+. Plus. Yes, okay. I wasn't sure. It's, it's one of those movies that 
Disney Plus may or may not have. But yes, it is on Disney Plus. You can find it there. We'll be back with a guest. And again, keep on the lookout for movies for guys who like movies. I hope that trademark is free. TBS hasn't used it in about 20 years, so feel like it should be. And uh, yeah, that's Brightburn. It's a five. I will get out of here with a quote. <clears throat> I feel like you want me to cry or something. I'm wearing your cologne.